First off, let's keep it simple. This is just the intro. We about to get this thing popping like a pimple. Whoever you was listening to, R.I.P. Cause you're now in the presence of the R.R.P. DTM and your girl KD. And Chuckles, plus the hostess with the motion. Yeah, you know Kiki. You were crazy living life like a GTA. The same ones that was up at every PTA. Aiming for success, and now you want the ETA. Plus we giving you motivation like what E.T. saying. We giving tangible information with no hesitation. We probably got an answer for anything that you're facing. I guarantee you we gon' give a suggestion. So just, um, glide in the DMs. Give us your questions. KD, Kiki, Chuckles, when y'all ready, ready to blow? blow? Three, two, one, let's go to the show. Let's go. I'm just, I'm just a D girl from around the way with a whole lot of shit to say. It's your girl, KD. What up, though? It's your boy, Coach DTM, a.k.a. Pure Motivation. I am Mr. Energy. Everybody love me. I don't have one enemy. Our podcast is here now, so you got to respect it. You never get off on us because we're never the exit. If you know me, then you know that I'm more than a savage who loves living life and is allergic to average. So in conclusion, so there's no confusion, if you see somebody realer than me, it's, it's an, an illusion. illusion. What up, though? <laughs> Welcome back. To another episode of Relationship Reality. What's the dealio? What's the deal, pickle? You know, just chilling, chilling, chilling like a villain is what they say. You know, uh, K Dizzle for Shizzle. Catch up no mustard, man. What's good? What, 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 what we need? Talk to us. What no, you little something, to? something on the horizon. You know, so, you know, moving and shaking, shaking and moving. Ooh, KD keeps some shaking and Never. moving. <laughs> DTM such a freak. Cloud, have mercy. Freak, man. freak, freak. Uh, freak a leak. Man, okay. So for me, man, <laughs> catch up, no mustard, man. Uh, just, just living life as always, man. But what I realized this week is this: people will buy literally anything. Why you say that? So I was at a location. And this young lady said, uh, she wasn't that young, but this lady said she purchased a item that was designed to keep um, rodents and stuff away. Mm-hmm. She said, this one thing will keep everything away. Mm-hmm. Guarantee. Guarantee. Now, this is what it was. And she ordered it from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Coyote urine. What? So she ordered coyote urine from Amazon. And the reason why I say people would buy anything is because how in the world would you know that this is coyote urine? First right. Of all? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, where did you get this information from? And she said, it's a, it's a well-known fact. I said, it's not well-known. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know it. I have no clue what you're talking about, right? So, uh... Yeah, so people buy anything, man. As long as they got a good name and you say it'll do something specific, they're going to jump on the bandwagon for some strange reason. Hey, it's very popular, though. I just Googled it. Coyote coyote urine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wildlife research shows that coyote urine is a repellent. I'm like, okay. It right. says, what, what does it repel? Coyote urine is best used for pests that are prey- Species of coyote, like rabbits, squirrels, groundhogs, and in some cases, white-tailed deer. Some also claim that it works for raccoon, skunks, bird, and other smaller mammals because the urine scares them away. Mm. So, 
So they be like, oh, hell no, I smell like coyote around here. But um, <laughs> right. is that just like a smell they know? Because ain't no motherfucking rodents in the hood know what the fuck a coyote piss smell like. I, hey, I would think Unless that. that's like engraved in their head. Like, oh shit, that's coyote urine. As a baby. Like, I've never been sprayed by a skunk, but I know it. If a skunk has sprayed, I know what it smells like. But I've never personally been sprayed by a skunk. But that's because you was in the vicinity of it, though. That's right? true. So if you was never around it, you would think that a skunk smelled like good weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some weed. I don't know if well, it's yeah, good. Yeah, we don't never know. We don't really know if it's good or not. But we don't know if it's regos or not. It, yeah, it could be the reg. It's the Reggie Miller, but they just be saying, "Hey, man, you got that skunk over there. It smells like skunk over there." Little skunk, skunk, skunk. Sheesh, skunk. All right, so uh, let's head to the shop, man. Talk to me. Uh, what are your view on open marriages versus an open relationship? Um, I don't, it's a difference. Well, I guess so. Cause some people be like, oh, we can have an open marriage, but then like, oh, I don't want my husband out here dating other people. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like if you're okay with one, you should be okay with both. You can't open up your relationship, then get married and then close the door. <laughs> So while you renting a house, you're going to leave the door open. But when you buy that bitch, you're going to lock the door. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, but see, and that might be why too, uh, some relations, some marriages don't last yeah. because things that was cool while we was dating, now that we married. But you know what I think too? I think that sometimes some people don't think that it's cool, but they think it's a way to keep, keep you. You know well, what I'm saying? Maybe you should have a conversation like, all right, now when we get married, we're still going to be doing this, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know uh, one of the shows I watched, um, when a young lady was dating, her and her husband, they used to go to the <coughs> strip club and get a bitch, hit a bitch, and go about their business. Like, they, they were not in a polygamy relationship, but they both enjoyed threesomes. So, when they were dating, she allowed threesomes to be local. But once they got married, threesomes could only be out of town. They could still have the threesome. But not at the crib. Mm -hmm. Because she felt like, now I'm your wife. Everybody know I'm your wife. Like, let's go somewhere else. That's deep. But then once she had kids, she ain't want no threesomes no more. Now they about to get divorced. I was just telling uh, um, an associate of mine that he's interested. So he's interested in doing and becoming like polygamous. Mm -hmm. And apparently I think the wife is, is also with it. But I was trying to let them know that this might not be a good time because mm -hmm. they're not in a good space, right? And, they, and they're not in a good space because she's not feeling her best, I guess you would say, right? Right. So she's looking for validation from him. And to him, he feels like he's giving validation. But I kept trying to say, maybe you're giving the wrong validation. Yeah. Because I know us as men, we'll give you what we think you need, even if you're telling us exactly what you need, but we're not hearing what you're saying. You right. You know what I'm saying? Or you're not using your words and telling us exactly what you need. You kind of want us to guess. Like, I've seen both both sides of that. You know what I mean? So. Which I'm sure is frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, I think it's frustrating for both parties because sometimes, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think sometimes women will not say it verbally but sometimes feel like you should already know how I feel about certain situations or how I feel right now about myself 
or kind of like you told me before, if I'm going through something, it might not be something for you to solve. Yeah. It's just something for you to be there with me while I figure out how to solve it. Yeah. Right. And I think for me, that might be the hardest thing is to have an answer that you think is a good answer, but not give it to the person that, um, you know, you love, your loved one. But I feel like sometimes men, they try to, in trying to validate whatever they think needs to be validated, we feel like how we feel or what we think is being de- devalued. You know what I'm saying? If I'm right. like, man, I just feel sad today or I just feel, and you, and your validation is like, but you're a good mom and you're a good wife, so why should you be sad? And it's like, who said I was sad about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Or who said whatever was bothering me has something to do with that because I'm not just a wife and I'm not just a mother. You know what I'm saying? I'm other right. things as well. So, or you know what I'm saying? You'd be like, well, you know, you're a really good business partner. Like, yeah, those are probably areas in my life that I'm already comfortable with. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, not saying that those areas don't ever need to be validated, but don't devalue how I feel because you feel like I'm doing so well in these other areas. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think men, when they see their significant other down, they're like, okay, I got to fix it. So I got to like bombard them with all these compliments, which is like, can you just shut up and leave me alone? Cause none of those things are bothering me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm at like, okay. Like when you're pregnant, for instance, and you just like frustrated. Cause when you went to sleep, you could fit stuff. And then you woke up. Now you can't fit anything. And it's like frustrating. And you're just like, we could just go to the store and get you something else. Like that's not the fucking point. The point is right now I can't fix anything. And I look like Shamu. And you know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, you're not fat. You just carrying a baby. Like what? And, and like when they say you're not fat, you pregnant, like bitch, what? <laughs> and I think that was so the biggest complaint that he was saying was that she was saying that she don't think he loved her or she don't think that he wanna be with her or whatever, right? And he said, I tell her every day I love her and I show her that I wanna be with her and I do everything anything that she asks and more. He was like, um we had some hiccups in the beginning where with infidelity and things of that nature, but we passed that, we wouldn't get married. He's like, we got a bunch of firsts together. You know what I mean? Um, they went to Vegas and got married. They, so of course there wasn't a bunch of people there um, like it would be if you had a actual big wedding here. I don't want to call Vegas not a wedding, but. How about say, my homegirl got married in Vegas and she literally, her whole family went. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally she had like a hundred and something people there, all just aunties, cousins and siblings. That's why she didn't want to have it here because she like, I got so many friends on top of my big ass. Like she got 14 brothers and sisters. Mm. So them plus they, plus they kids, plus her mama, who was one of like 11 plus her daddy, which is one of like 10 plus they kids. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like shit over 100 people this just immediate family this is aunties uncles nieces <laughs> nephews and siblings before you get to the and par- and right so that's why they was like we not getting married here because her and her husband like and that mind you that's just her side of the family that ain't even her husband's side of the family so they like if we include friends no over exaggeration they're gonna have a guest list of like 500 people Ooh, they're gonna have a chaldean wedding yeah and that's just <laughs> including like like your cousin's kids or like, you know what I'm saying? Like this literally was just siblings, aunties, uncles, like and their kids. Like their kids couldn't bring their kids. 
Because it would have been too many. You know what I'm saying? Like, all her siblings got kids. Oh, so, he, so they about to have a wedding like like my boy Rob looking like the Pope in that boy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Down, downtown looking like the Pope. I was like, gee. Yeah, they got married at that big church downtown. What's the St. Mary's, I think it's called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he yeah, was, so that's why they got married in Vegas. Was he the, was he the first wedding that we went to that had a live band? He's. Ain't he the only wedding? It might have been. The, well, it depends if you want to count, count the violinist people. That's not a wedding though. That was a wedding. Oh, yeah. but that was um that wasn't for the whole reception though, cause well we didn't stay for the whole reception. Right. But remember that was for the entry cocktail hour. Yeah. So I don't know if she stayed the whole thing, but. Rob and them didn't even have a DJ. Rob, like literally everything was a band. Rob and the live band. That that. I swear that's probably one of the most. That's probably one of the most funnest weddings. Yeah, man, I'm talking about. I have ever been to. Turned up like you just wanted to get up. You wanted to dance. Yeah, you his to, parents like to made you want to dance. Man, so, I'm glad I didn't have to pay that bill for that 90 day wedding. You, you ain't lying. Shout do out it, to Rob. Do it again, bro. So we can come to the next one because that was that was fun. Not the next one. Yeah, you know. I don't had. know if his parents. Doing that twice. And you can have me do it. You know yeah, that only... First of all, they got married in the Catholic Church. Oh, um, I don't got that. Most... When you when you up in somebody's church, usually the head of the church is who does the wedding. You can come. All right, moving along. I said, I'm like the trick trick around here. Listen. Moving along. Who, who married For uh, my baby daddy offend somebody out here. What's <laughs> wrong with you, bro? <laughs> That's, that's what we do. Offensive, offensive. Time. That's what we do. For I just want to let y'all know that these are the views of DTM only. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> these are not the views of relationship reality. It's the podcast, record label, or the crew. Listen, so um, let's talk about sweeping things under the rug. You think it made things worse or better? Worse for sure. Worse? Yeah, it makes things worse because while you're sweeping it under the rug, you're not talking about it, you're not addressing it. Things are being added, 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 added. I don't know if you've ever cleaned a house and just try to sweep stuff under your table. Then before you know it, it's just a big ass pile of dirt. But do you think that's because you constantly keep sweeping it? Like what if it's a situation where you just swept one thing under the rug and you just like, ah, all right, cool. I mean, I, I, know guess it, me, I guess it depends on how big the issue is. Like I don't ever think you should sweep a big issue under the rug. If it's something minor, like, man, that's petty. I'm not finna say nothing about that. Then yeah, that's okay. But if you keep sweeping things under the rug, you're going to be like a volcano and you're going to explode. And then the person you explode on is going to be looking at you like, all I did was make a mistake and put cheese on your hamburger. So you said you wanted. <laughs> so like this, and, and this kind of ties into what we talked about last week. But the late great somebody, I won't say the person's name right now, but they was talking about lying, right? And sweeping the lies up under the rug. But... Let's say... Why you can't say their name? I'll tell you afterwards. Mm. On the air, but just after. Oh, I'm like, what? So, they were talking about lying and sweeping the live under the rug. So, let's say, for podcast sake, Katie went out one day and cheated. And it was a, it was a one-time thing. You should never talk to the dude again. It never, you know, never, you never, you never had thoughts of doing it again. You like, oh my God, that was a mistake. I never should have did it, you know, blah blah blah. But you never, but I didn't catch you, and nobody told nothing. Like even if they know it, they don't know whatever. But they didn't tell nothing, whatever. So sweeping it under the rug, 
would do nothing for nobody because it would never come back out. You said you would never do it again. It would never happen. But this late great individual said most people can't live with the guilt. So they want to get it from up under their rug and tell you, and now I'm going to be ruined by what you're about to tell me, even though I had no way of finding out you said you wasn't going to do it again to make that mistake or whatever. You know, so what you think about that? I mean, I guess maybe that's true. They said you like try- you, you get rid of your guilt, but you dumping pain on somebody else. Yeah. But see, that's hard for me because I feel like if I'm being cheated on, I want to know. Why? Because I'm going to find out. But what if you don't? I always find out. What if you don't? I mean, what I don't know can't hurt me, I guess. That's what I'm saying. But what if, so if I'm just sitting here, <laughs> baby, you so crazy. <laughs> this is a great day. Hey, pass me that drink over there. Give her one too, because she liked to eat drink. <laughs> I cheated on you. You'd be like, what? Whole day. Swear. Oh, I wish KK was here. That literally happened on the show that we watching. So, <laughs> like, just like that. So, <laughs> so but see. Wait, wait, wait. For real, for real. It's okay. Okay. So it's a lesbian couple, right? And it was like one of the, the one of the girls is in law school. I mean, med med school. So she was like studying for finals. So the girlfriend went out, ended up ended up cheating on her. Like literally, woke up the next day, like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what did I do? Like literally had her roommate put the girl out. Like it was like a whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. She could not get over the guilt. So she threw them like this big seventh month anniversary party, right? Right. So everybody's like, seventh month anniversary? That's not a thing. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. They at the party, everybody laughing, they're dancing, they passing drinks, they passing shots. She like, come on, babe, let's go dance. She stood up and she was about to give a speech. And so the one girl went first. She like, I love you. I love with how you treat me and all this, blah, blah, blah. Boom. It's the cheater turn to get a toast. And she said... I cheated on you. And the girl was like, what? Literally broke up with her, stopped being her friend, everything. And then she like, we're not friends anymore. Like, girl, you just, and then, first of all, you said it in front of everybody. Like, some shit is only supposed to be me, you, and God. Okay? <laughs> it ain't supposed to be me, you, my best friend, your best friend, my coworker, the fucking bartender, her boyfriend. But yeah, she was just like, I cheated on you. I was like, damn, why does she tell her? See what I'm saying? So so you kind of feel like Yeah, that. I did feel like that because I was like, she's not going to do it again. So I do feel like if it's, okay, one time mistake, maybe you shouldn't tell him, whatever. But if it's like a thing, I feel like you should tell. Like, a, like a, okay, <clears throat> prime example. Are you in a whole ass relationship with somebody else? Let that's, me that's know. A, that's a telling situation. Because bitches going to tell. But here's a prime example, right? Back in the day, I don't think it's like that now. Black men don't cheat. But back in the day, when you talk about bachelor party and bachelorette party, mm-hmm. you automatically assumed, past tense, that something was going to go down at both. That probably shouldn't go I down. I mean, maybe, more at bachelor parties than bachelorette parties. And maybe not, not all the way, but something that was maybe inappropriate, even if it's not all the way. Oh, my God, babe, she kissed me. And you're like... What? Well, no, you ain't supposed to tell. That's what, that's, that's what the bachelor to. and bachelorette party is supposed to be like Vegas. That's what I'm trying to get to. I mean, they do say that, though. They say you're supposed to get the last fling before the ring. That's why it's called that. But you, no, you get your last fling before the relationship starts. No, 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 no. That yeah, doesn't even relationship rhyme. No, that doesn't even rhyme. It's called the last fling before the ring. 
you get a laugh fling before the ring, then I'm gonna have to ring your neck. That would that would they should have said behind all that. But what I'm saying is, so you kind of agree. This with like it. pre iPhones, Android <laughs> camera shit. What is it called? That's what I said back then. Right now, there isn't. You, you, Post smartphone, you better not. Yeah, they recording it while it's happening. I didn't seen so many. First of all, they be going live. I, I'm about to say I didn't seen so many bachelor parties and bachelorette parties live. Well, you know now they do them together. Which not, is crazy no, to me. Not everybody. The ones who a lot of people. On, on, on a lot of a lot of people do them together. We just married. They, we just married two couples that had theirs together. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes when you do it together, it's because like all our friends are the same. I'm like, who don't trust who? Or somebody, I'm asking yeah, for myself. Somebody don't trust somebody. Like, <laughs> sometimes you might not trust yourself, so you like, yo, me and you together. <laughs> I mean, all our friends could be the same friends, but the men going to go with you and a woman going to go with me or vice versa. Because, like, what happens in a situation where, like, ours, right? Let's say we get married now. We got the same one best friend, and it just so happened to be a woman. She coming with me anyway. But what if I wanted to come with me? Why would she go with y'all? Because it's my best friend, too. It's my best friend, one. <laughs> Let's start there. You wish. <laughs> Let's start there. Hostess with the mostest ain't here, but he wish. She I feel like since she a girl, she should come with me. Nah, because it's 2022. Ain't no, well, uh, then we all about to be no in the gender, team bar. The fuck? Ain't no, uh, ain't no gender separation now. But whose side she going to stand on? Mine, right? Oh, now she going to stand on your side. Yeah. When we just renewed our vows nine years ago. <laughs> when, we just, when we just renewed <laughs> Almost a decade ago. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. That is crazy. Anyway, she was on my side. Yeah, because I left her. And she was at my bachelorette party. I know, because I... Man, we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> uh Moving along. Kirk Franklin. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, sometimes yeah. sweeping things under this the rug be crazy. might be for the better. You know what I'm saying? If you know you... But that should, you shouldn't sweep that under the rug. You should put that in the farthest part of your memory where even you forget. How much stuff do you... How much stuff can you recall that you actually forgot? If I forgot it, how am I going to recall it? That was a trick question like a motherfucker. <laughs> you tried it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so good at forgetting stuff too, boy. <laughs> Don't I know it? I would forget... I'd be like, you don't remember on June 6, 2011, oh. when you did, he'd be like, first of all, why do you even remember that? I have no clue. I do not it was like that. 5 o'clock, but let me tell y'all something. I remember so much detail, detail that I know I'd be having people like, damn, I think I do remember that. Even if they don't, because I remember frontwards, backwards, sideways, and around the corner. Man. My kid's so loud. So... Okay, let's keep it going in, in in light of what we were just talking about. Uh, let's just talk about, like, inappropriate comments. Do you think that uh, making an inappropriate sexual comment in front of your spouse is wrong if it's not about your spouse? And does it matter if it's, like, a celebrity situation or versus a regular person? Hmm? Oh, like saying, like, if we somewhere, and I'm like, dang, baby, I'll fuck the shit out of him. Yeah. What? I would never. You think that's wrong? I would be scared. What if you, but, like, you do you do it on TV when they come down to these little thugs that be on TV. I do. Go, oh, my God. Because Jim Jones. Oh, my God. Baby. Like, would it, like, and 
a sexual comment can be like, okay, we just celebrated something recently, right? And I saw something that made me say to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I did want to pull you aside and say, yeah, that's, they, they probably whack in bed. But I saw something that made me say, oh, yeah, they probably whack in bed. Would that have been inappropriate um, to make that comment to you about that person? Well, baby, we had that kind of relationship, though. Yeah, I know. But let's talk about like... So, I don't know. I can't say what's inappropriate for somebody else. Because we have... We, we will say that to each other. Like, that looked like trash, whatever. And you... you if you think hard, you can you would know exactly who I'm talking about. But they definitely look like the sex game was on wiggity whack. You have to tell just, me off the air because I have no I idea. I was like, uh, like, oh, so let's backtrack a little bit before we go too far. So the person who was talking about um, the lies and don't be trying to dump your, your uh, guilt on me to be guilt-free and break my spirit um, over something that I would have never known about was the late, great Kevin Samuel. Mm, mm, mm. So, and I know if I'd have said it soon, you'd have, you'd have been against the whole thing. No, I wouldn't. I mean, how I feel about people don't change my uh, my views. I still think he a dick, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so you say, yeah, celebrity, cool, but the actual person is not cool? Well, I just feel like it's based on the relationship. Because like you said, I sit up all day like Jim Jones could get it. You know Jim Jones could get it. But if we, even even to be honest, if Jim Jones was like, if we was like at a bar and he walked in, I wouldn't be like, oh shit, there go Jim Jones. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, babe, babe. babe no, I wouldn't get do it. that. I wouldn't do that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything like in person. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. it, it could be motherfucking Jim Jones lookalike. I wouldn't be like, oh, but he could get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's just how our relationship is. Because I already know you don't play like that. Now, if it's a bitch, then I can say that. You won't care. But a guy? No. No, no, no. DTM, don't play like that. I, that's why I can't wait to get off the air so I can tell you who, who look like they got bad sex. Because um, <laughs> that, that, that hustle game wasn't right. But listen. So, let's go in. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I know, well, I was say I know you've never been this way, but you actually have because I, I did it for you. But getting flued out. Oh, you flew me out? Yeah. You I always fly me out. I just don't have to be with you while we flew out. It don't matter. You always fly me out. But listen, but when you get flued out, right? I'm going to fly you out a couple weeks. Talk to him. <laughs> Do you think um, if you get flued out that you're obligated to stay with the person who flued you out? I mean, I guess it depends on the relationship. If we just talking and you and you like, oh, I'm about to fly you out, I could say uh, I'm not staying with you. I'm staying at a hotel. Yeah, you have to, so you think it's okay as long as I put it out in front? Yeah, you definitely, a conversation has to be had. Like, um, okay, I'm okay with traveling or getting flued out or what have you, but um, I don't want to stay with you. So rather you fly me to your hometown and I'm getting a room, or we both flying to a to Miami. somewhere together. Everybody go to Miami, and we get in different hotel rooms. But that I feel like that got to be established beforehand. Because we were just listening to something. Because I feel like they... if you don't got the if you don't got the boss to say I'm not staying in a room with you then you need to be paying for your own stuff. Fly yourself out. 
Yeah, because I was about to say, we were just listening to something that where the dude said he flew somebody out and they didn't come back to the room and they came back with the walk of shame. Talking about came back morning, the next morning. The next morning. And then right. went to go get y'all nails done. You crazy as hell. All right. Came back with some hickeys well, and all Well, let's of stuff. back it up. They went to the to a party, to a club together and he, the guy who he was with left with somebody else. So then ultimately, of course, he ended up having to leave. The fucking club was closed. And then my man never came back to the room till the next morning mm-hmm. when it was time to go get their nails done. You think man. I would have got some nails done? I, you better go tell that nigga you spent the night with to get your nails done. And, <laughs> and, uh, you better tell that nigga to put you up in the room for the remainder of your time here. Jeez. Because you ain't coming back here with your blue out booty. <laughs> the fuck? So you done got this nigga tight booty and think you finna give me blue out booty? That's a no. Right. Um, <laughs> what you, what's your thoughts and feelings about like bringing things from a previous relationship to your current relationship? Things such as if our favorite restaurant is Ichiban, mm-hmm. and then we break up and I go to the next, my next relationship, and I'm like, yo, favorite restaurant, Ichiban, come on, let's go here. Or our favorite song is Genuine. Well, songs, is, you're taking it too far. our favorite uh, meal, place to eat, you know, meal, or dance, and, you know, club, or our favorite joke. <laughs> you know, we, we could have had a situation, now we got a favorite joke. Like, yo, babe, you know, how you, we got them one word that we can say. Yeah, but you can't take that up. to another relationship, because you have to give them the whole backstory and... So people, I do, I do feel like some things should be kept in the relationship, like the genuine song. That's our wedding song. Would you gonna marry the next bitch to that song? Like, what type of nigga is you? That you gonna give her my ring too? Recycle the whole life. First of all, you never getting this ring back, and <laughs> and my upgrade from next year, you not getting back. So I don't know what type of time you want. No, I'm sorry. Four years. I'm sorry. Four years. Four years. Four years. Somebody, uh-huh. t- one of y'all told us about an upgrade or something? I'm d- you don't think I deserve another upgrade of 20 Baby, years? listen, you deserve everything. Okay, so what are you, you talking about? Everything. I'm just talking about who said you was getting it, though. First of all, there's so much <laughs> stuff going on in four years, y'all. I'm getting a new ring. We having a destination renewal in Jamaica. Like, it's so much going on. Like, he bugging if he think it's not happening like that. So, as I was saying before I was really interrupted. Okay, talk to him. We've been together for 23 years. Some shit is going to go into the next relationship if this relationship was to demise. We've eaten everywhere. Like, <laughs> that's like to say, okay, if you start dating, we have to move and not know where we've been together because everywhere we go, we're going to eat. Yeah, but see, here go the thing, though. Like, so, we break up, we go, so we can't go to Houston because who you taking a turkey leg cut? That's crazy. Well, I'm a son, though. I'm just saying that I think that I think when you've been I think when you've been with somebody for a length a long amount of time that it is really irrational to think that they're not supposed to go eat where they've once eaten with you. Would that would that throw you off in the relationship if I tell you stuff like, yo, we used to eat here or yo, we used to Yeah, because what are we talking about that for? Because you don't want to hear that tonight. You don't even want to eat that no more. First of all, I don't even want to be with you no more because why the fuck you keep talking about what you did with that bitch? Go back to that bitch. You want to keep talking about what you did with her? Bye. Most of the time they can't go back because they got dumped. Well, guess what? They got broken it up with. And now you got dumped again. Bye. So you're over two now. And is. 
seeing they gonna go to do like my man uh, Safari and find another lookalike. <laughs> like I know your name. I know your name, Sarah, but can I call you Keisha? <laughs> no way. And she said, uh, yeah. she said, yeah, she's a dumb nut. Hey, hey, we've seen people that, that will do some stuff like that. We've seen it firsthand. You know what I'm saying? Throws you off. Y'all DTM something different. But it, we've seen it firsthand. Like, yo. Don't ever let nobody tell you that DTM is not different. Hey, I'm different. Yeah, I know he's about to say that. <laughs> Man. Um, so, I, I, I know... That I normally hear this a lot, but I hear from people who are not married that's giving advice on Mm-mm-mm. marriage situation, right? So, like, the whole thing about, the biggest thing that we that I touch on when, when I have people come to my coaching sessions is the prioritizing, mm-hmm. right? And so, when you have a family... It's important to understand how to prioritize who's who's the most important, who comes first, who comes second, who comes third, who comes fourth, who comes fifth, and so on and so Damn. forth, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's because it's, it's some fifth and sixth people. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's like the NBA. You know what I mean? You got the five players, and then you got the best, the, uh, the sixth man of the year award. You know, so stuff like that. But I get a lot of people who say that the children – come before the wife or the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, my mama come first because she birthed me. My daddy come first because he birthed me. That's my daddy and he need me, blah, blah, blah. What's your take on that as far as, do you think it You think it changes sometimes mm-hmm. once that person becomes married? Or you think most people keep their same thought process going into a marriage. I think some people change once they get married because now they like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. But I also think that they have to do a lot of reflection when they think that way. So you think your kids come first, but what happens when your kids leave the house? Mm. You think your parents come first, but what happens when your parents pass away? Mm. Then then you you left with the one person who should have been coming first the whole time. Right. Because my thing is like, if I need a $1,000... And Taz need a thousand dollars. Taz might get the thousand dollars before me because he ate. But if I need a thousand dollars and Keontae need a thousand dollars, I should get it because he's twenty one. Right, and, and then uh, and it might even when you use like kids and money, I think it might even determine like what they need it for. Yeah, that's true. You yeah, because if mean? I needed to go shopping, but he needed for like a kidney. But I use it. I, I guess the kidney. I use it more. Uh, <laughs> Unless I'm going shopping for a kidney. Oh, there we go. I use a bigger analogy like when my phone ring. Or if, or if a text comes through because you can't get two phone calls at the same time. So like if a text comes through, if, if KD texts me and Slip texts me at the same time, which one of them messages are you going to open first? I will open yours first. And that, that's where I go with I go with I'm opening my wife's first. Then I'm going to open my son. Or like if you call me like, I need you to come pick me up. But then they call me like, I need you to come pick me up. I'll be like, well, I'll be there after I get your dad. Right. Yeah. You know, unless. And I get, but that, that's because I feel like you come first because you're supposed to. Right. But it's easy for me to put you first because you put me first. And I think I really feel like that be the biggest issue is that it, it does because of, it's hard to put somebody be first who putting you last. Yeah, it'd be one sided. So 
I'm putting you first, but you putting everybody else first. Like, if I'm putting you first and you putting you first, then who putting me first? And I'm losing. And I'm not only am I losing, but I'm losing myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, my kids not going to put me first because the streets is calling. Period. My parents not going to put me first because I'm grown. Period. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, damn, I'm just out here. I ain't nobody's first. And then, that makes it easier for somebody to slip in. And they don't even necessarily have to put you first, but you think they are. Because they're always giving you the uh, the good morning. They're sending you the good morning texts. The copy and paste. The copy and paste, boy. <laughs> they tell good morning, you, beautiful. <laughs> they tell me how pretty you look when they see you. If y'all work together or if y'all cross paths wherever you at. You know what I'm saying? It can be taking kids to school or something. You you find yourself making sure you're in the, spot, in the position to get it. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We always cross the same street. You can't even get coffee because it's 8 o'clock and he don't get there until 8.05. Ooh, I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to go to the bathroom. I can't even get out the car because he got to see me walking into the Starbucks. Mm. And, yeah. I just said Starbucks because y'all know I don't like Starbucks. Yeah, I couldn't say what I like because he'd have been like, oh. oh that's what you be doing. That's what you be doing. That's what you be doing, huh? Boy, boy bye. That's what you be doing, Bye. Huh? <laughs> she's, she's, she's so perfect that if I have a dream or something wrong, I'd be like, oh, that was a nightmare, baby. I know that ain't true. Shut up. <laughs> no, that ain't true. You childish, Wake y'all. me up, please. You need to grow up. Wake me this up. This him need to grow up. All right, so, um, side note, y'all. I don't drink beer, but I think I found one I like. I'm saying you tearing this shit up. I'm about to go open up another one, but before Are I, you? Before I open up another one, guess what time it is? What? Oh wait. You know what time it is? What time? You know what time it is? Let's see if you know what time it is. No wine. we got today talk to him so just so y'all know that noise that that uh water and noise that's that wine <laughs> it's actually wine coming out of my aerator you guys aerator. it's electric electric dynamo oh sorry <laughs> all right so the story we have for you today is called murder and misery in manhattan y'all heard me Mm, okay, talk to Murder him. and misery Ooh. in Manhattan. I wonder if the person who got murdered was misery or if the murderer was misery. Miserable? Miserable. You're going to find out. Let's go. So, this happened October 23rd, 1990 at 10 a.m. Three gunshots shook the Upper East Side of Manhattan. <clears throat> when we say the Upper East Side, y'all, we talking about the the uh, high class luxury side of Manhattan. Okay, that's when George Cogan, forty nine years old, was shot on his way back to his girlfriend Mary Louise, age twenty eight, luxury apartment with the ingredients for brunch. So George left out the house about nine o'clock to go to the store because it's Manhattan. So a lot of people don't necessarily drive to the uh, store. So he walked to get the stuff so he can make her a lunch. Uh, I'm sorry, brunch. Mm. George was shot in the back with a large pistol. The, the doorman of the building ran to his side and yelled for someone to call 911. So the doorman actually was the first person to um, go to his side. 
Mary Louise did look out the window and she saw the doorman crouch down next to George. So um, she knew what was going on. She came downstairs. They called 911. George was rushed to the New York hospital where he later was pronounced dead at 515. So he had like several surgeries and things like that. But um, unfortunately, they were unable to save him. So he did pass away 1023 at 515 p.m. Investigators said there was little to no physical evidence at the scene. The only thing they really found at the scene was the bloody groceries that he had um, for the brunch. And they did find a deformed bullet that came out of his chest. So it went through his back, like completely through him. Like he got shot in the back and came through his chest. The bullet was from a 44 caliber revolver. So the investigators knew that in the, back in the 90s, a 44 caliber was mainly used by the mafia of the mob. So they were like, damn, is this a mob hit? <laughs> so mind you, it's Manhattan. So there's like all rich people. So he like, they like, damn, this, you know, did he get his money from the mob? They wasn't sure. The investigators questioned the doorman because, of course, he was the first person, quote unquote, on the scene. But he didn't have much information. He said he didn't see anything. He just came outside because he thought he heard. A, a, the sound of a car backfiring so he said he thought he heard, heard like a car like backfire 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 which made him come outside and then that's when he saw george laying in front of the building which i mean we from the hood so we don't ever know if it's a car backfiring a firework or a gun what and most of the time we don't even go see no we don't we don't, we don't but i mean <laughs> if we was in manhattan maybe we'd be like what the fuck was that because but cars backfire or guns should no, be we going off if we were in Traverse city we would do that we definitely would have did that in Traverse City. Like, yeah. what the hell? They don't even have fireworks. They definitely. They don't have no issues out there. <laughs> so the investigators also spoke to a woman who advised that when she was getting in her car, she saw a man in his late 30s or early 40s with a green baseball cap running down the street. Mm. The same man was also witnessed to be running through Central Park. So they that's all the description they have. Just a, a dude in his 30s, maybe 40s, green baseball cap. You know who that is, right? Of course not. Nobody does. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> or will we? <laughs> mm. The police also questioned Mary Louise when she was outside of George's hospital room. She did it. She got two first names. You gotta watch uh, that. <laughs> because she was his girlfriend of, and, of course, the closest person to him. But once he was pronounced dead, Mary Louise was hysterical and inconsolable. So the police did allow her to leave and go be with her family in Long Island. Um, they didn't take her off the radar. It was just like she just was was worthless. I mean, not worthless. <laughs> Yikes. What a, what a turn. It was just, she was what so a, hysterical. She wasn't much help. So they like, all right, go ahead. Go be with your family. Very descriptive term there. I didn't mean that. I said sorry. <laughs> okay. During the investigation, they found out that George was actually married. Um, He was estranged from his wife, but not yet divorced. Yikes. And also, Mary Louise was in a serious relationship with a psychiatrist from New York Hospital, but that relationship had ended. The police did get in contact with the psychiatrist to question him. They never say his name. That's why it just says the psychiatrist. Um, they did get in contact with him to question him. However, he did have an alibi and also no reason to hurt George because he had actually moved on and was living with someone new. Okay. So he didn't even care if they broke up. He like, they like, yeah, we heard you her ex-boyfriend. Did you kill her new boyfriend? He like, what? For what? I ain't checking for her. Mm. So... He almost hit him with the who? Yeah, who was that? Oh. Oh no, that's my old word. Oh, you talking? Oh, you talking about the one with two names? Okay, not, no, no, not I have moved. I have moved one on. name right now. Yeah, one name. One names is better. So the police did a background check on George, and at that time they began looking into his estranged wife. Her name is Barbara Cogan. Oh. 
When they went to question Barbara, her lawyer advised that she was under sedation after learning that her husband had been murdered and she would get back to them later. So the police was kind of confused because the whole time George was in the hospital, which not the whole time, but he did live for eight hours after being shot. Mary Louise did not, I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry. Barbara did not come see him. Mm. Uh, Barbara? Yeah. That's Mary Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. The lawyer just said that um, she could not handle seeing her husband on his deathbed. That is the reason why she didn't come. Mm. So they're like, all right. She advised that she was in fear for her safety now because what if whoever killed George wanted to kill her as well? Why would they? Why would they? Good question. Who knows? So now remember, because of the caliber of gun that he was killed with, they did question whether or not it was a mob hit. Okay. Even though, like, they they not they just not looking into his life. So, even though they don't know if or why the mob would want to kill him, right. it's because of the weapon. They was like, dang, I wonder if that's a mob hit. So, when she said she was scared to come outside, wondering if she would also be a target, it's not something they were shocked about. They were just like, well, damn, maybe this is a mob hit. Right. right? So, they like, let's keep on digging into his life. The police then discovered that Barbara and George had been married for 30 years. Sheesh. And although they were separated, Barbara didn't give the police any reason to think that she was behind the murder. Okay. You know, they like, well, maybe it's an abnormal split just like, you know, the other situation. Hey, that's a word I can't say, but I feel you. <laughs> so to give you a little background about George, he was born and raised in Puerto Rico. He was born into a very wealthy family who owned several department stores. Mm. So, like, bro made, was made of money. Money over yeah. here. Long money. We getting money over here. We don't got no shortage what of dough. pimping. We got no shortage of dough. No. They got money to... Bl- uh, uh, I'm on my money phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. In 1950, George moved to New York to attend NYU. That's actually when he met Barbara, who at the time attended Bernard College. They fell in love and got married. And at that time, they moved back to Puerto Rico, where they lived a loving and lavish life for 25 years. So for 25 years, so from 1950 to about 1975-ish, they lived in Puerto Rico. During their time in Puerto Rico, they dabbled in real estates and casinos. They had two sons who they raised in Puerto Rico. So in 1986, after their children were adults, they actually sold their interest in their hotel that they own, which was called the Ramada San Juan Hotel and Casino, and moved to Manhattan, where they opened a high-end antique shop. Yes. Their shop, which they named Kogan & Company, catered to the rich and the wealthy. Oh, yeah, he bragged it up. Yeah. So remember, he already had money. Right. He was born in money. And then they sold their interest in the casino, the hotel casino, so now they got even more money. They're like, well, we got racks on racks on racks. On racks on racks. So, um, around, they don't really give a year that this happened, but my guess is that it's around, like, maybe 1989-ish, 1988, 1989-ish. The shop got some bad press because they got robbed a few times, but the Kogans were not open to failure. So, instead of closing the shop and living off the fortune that they made in Puerto Rico, they hired a PR firm. So the PR firm was just to like, um, get their name out there in a better light. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause people actually began to be afraid to shop there because they're like, why are they breaking into stores and robbing stores in Manhattan? Are you guys a target? Hmm. Is the mob after you? Hmm. Interesting. Right. So they hired a PR firm. 
That is when George met Mary Louise. Mary Louise. Mary Louise was a young blonde beauty who was 20 years younger than George. Mm. She also was born into wealth. She was a New York socialite who graduated from Brown University. Okay. So Mary Louise actually had this job because she was just like, meh, I don't got nothing to do. Let me get this job. I'm bored. I got I got this degree. I need something to occupy my time. Yeah, I got this degree because okay. her parents had money. So that that the the Manhattan high rise that he got killed in front of yeah. was hers. Right, and so that was amicable. Did I say it right? Yeah, but I ain't used it. You right, didn't use it right. <laughs> so so yeah, Mary Louise was like, she like I been I been having money. Now this is a sidebar that I thought crazy when I was rehearsing, researching this. Mary Louise said when she, the reason why she was so comfortable around George is because he reminded her of her father initially. <laughs> Can you imagine like being around somebody? You're like, oh my God, you remind me of my dad because you're so loving and you're so uh, affectionate and you pay attention to things and all like this. Like and, then some, and then somehow he become your boyfriend. Yikes, that's, that's weird. That's so weird. Like I don't even, and once I look at you as my brother, I can't never look at you as my boyfriend. That's heck of weird. So my dad? Yeah, that's heck of weird. I look at you as my dad. Yuck. And I'm about to do it to you. Disgusting. That just made me throw up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah. I can't throw up because I like this beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So, back to the story. George began coming to her house in the morning, bringing her coffee and her favorite coffee cake. They used to walk together to work. Okay. Where he actually did a lot of complaining about his miserable life. He told Mary Louise that Barbara was so mean to him. She talked bad about him. Called him ugly and made him sleep. <laughs> How old is my man? She called me ugly. She be calling me names. And made him sleep in a spare room. She gonna make me name talking about taking a nap. I want to take a nap. God bless the dead. Cause don't pay him no attention. Oh, man. So during this time, George and Mary Louise ended up falling in love with one another, even though they were both in committed relationships. So in early 1989, George served Barbara with divorce papers and moved in with Mary Louise. Mm. He actually moved in with Mary Louise only two weeks after their affair started. You say what's his name? George. Underwood? (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Go go ahead. ahead. (sighs) I'm not playing with you. Mary Louise said that George would tell her all the time, that he loved the fact that she wasn't going to the salon every day because Barbara spent $100,000 a year on salon visits and shopping. So now remember, even though they don't really talk about Barbara's uh, economical background, my guess is that she didn't come from money. So Mary Louise came from money. So she didn't have, she didn't, she was used to it. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Barbara wasn't used to it. So he said she would like go to the salon like every other day. And get her hair done and go shopping and all this crazy shit, right? She crazy. That's that's wild. Wow, hundred thousand dollars a year? Uh-huh. That's over ten thousand dollars a month. That's wild. That's so much fucking money, bro. On the, on your hair and shopping. On your hair, hair. That's it. Oh, I thought it says hair and shopping. hair and shopping, but God does. So she she out here buying Birkin bags a week. <laughs> Shut up. Birkin bags in 1989, babe. Was, it they, was not a thing. They were Berkeley bags. It was not a thing. <laughs> they were Berkeley bags back Moving then. along. <laughs> like, look, moving along. Despite their age difference, the two seemed to be really in love. And they were planning to go to Italy to look at some property to possibly open a new hotel. Now, remember, 
in Puerto Rico, George made a lot of his money, well, most of his money outside his family money from hotels and casinos. Are you listening? Yeah. Oh, okay. Y'all, I thought I'm he was ignoring me. No, I'm taking notes. During the interview with Mary Louise, the police realized that she didn't need George for his money, and the relationship seemed to be truly genuine. Because remember, Mary Louise was a socialite, and she had her own money. The police also discovered that George was in the process of making Mary Louise the beneficiary of his will, but at the time of, of his death, the paperwork was not completed. The reason why it wasn't completed is because he was still married. Right. His divorce wasn't final yet, so he couldn't change her to the beneficiary back then until he was divorced. So right. at, at the time that he was murdered, um, Mary Louise didn't was not a beneficiary on his paperwork. That's wild because... Now you can make anybody a beneficiary. I mean, yeah, but everything different when it comes to paperwork. Even if you're married to somebody, you could put somebody else's name on your baby birth certificate. Like, you couldn't do that back then. Like, imagine you being my wife and something happened to me and you find out somebody else that you don't even know. Get all your stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope she got a beneficiary. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> oh, Mary Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Um, so, since the paperwork was not completed... When he died, it further added to the fact that Mary Louise had nothing to gain from him being dead. Like, while he was alive, she had access to everything. Once right. he died, she didn't have access to anything anymore. Whether she needed it or not, the access was the access was still denied. Right. So, honestly, he was more valuable to her. Alive. Alive, right? That's what I said. George's death made front page of the New York Post. A millionaire getting gunned down in broad daylight in a high-class area definitely brought a lot of press and attention from the general public. So remember, we said the couple had two sons. Right. Their boy, their names were William and Scott. They came to New York to take care of their mother after their father's death. The boy said their mom was distraught and lost, and she had to keep taking sleeping pills just to cope. Did it say where they came to New York from? Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah, they were still in Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, it says the autopsy report showed that George was killed by two hollow point bullets. Mm. This made the police revisit the mob hit theory. Because just as the forty four caliber is popular with the mafia, so is hollow point bullets. That's a fact. Because That's you. which I didn't know this, when it when the bullet enters your body, it like explodes. Explode, yeah. So it literally hits every artery, every organ, every everything. It's usually like a seven inch range is where it hits, depending on uh the caliber. It was forty four caliber. Yeah, so the caliber And he was shot twice. So twice, oh yeah. In the back. So, but remember, one of them came out; the other one didn't. I mean, I heard allegedly. That's what. That's how far it goes. Okay. Um. Let's see. Where was I at? Oh, during the investigation, the police discovered that George still had some not so savory connections with people in Puerto Rico, okay. like uh, you know, mobsters, baby. Mm. George had sold his hotel for $11 million, but he only received $2 million. There was a man named Abraham that still owed George $9 million. Mm. Abe did it. It was rumored that Abraham, Abraham had connections with the Russian mob, and the police thought that Abraham had the reason to kill George. Honest Abe. Thinking, well, if I kill him, I won't have to pay him. So really, they were thinking that Abraham had 9 million reasons. <laughs> To kill George. However, 
Once they spoke with Abraham, the police discovered that him and George had worked out a payment plan and he actually had never missed a payment or been late on a payment, which means that they had hit another dead end. So basically he had paperwork showing like that he had been paying, um, on this debt. So, you know, he was like, I don't have, I, I pay him his money every week. I don't have no reason to kill him. You know what I'm saying? So they like, well, let's move along because we guess it's not you. Um, the police discovered that George was worth way less than he projected. Although George knew his net worth, they weren't sure. They were not sure that Barbara did. Okay. George was only worth around $2 million. Although Barbara thought his net worth was around $10 million. Remember, he only sold his, even though he sold his hotel for $11 million, remember, he only got $2 million. Right. And then the rest was like on the payment plan. So on 10-26, 1990, uh, was George's funeral. They said Barbara was so hysterical that she needed help, help both in and out the services. George's funeral was a media circus, and reporters were trying to get Barbara to say something. The only thing that she quoted was that she forgave Mary Louise for the affair. Like what? Okay. Right. That's not the time for that. Whatever you say. But check this out. A few weeks after the funeral, Barbara received $4.3 million. Sheesh. So remember, he was only worth two, $2 million. Right. But his life insurance policy was for, for 4.3. So she received a four point three million dollars from Georgia's life insurance policy. How long? How long later? It's a few weeks. A few weeks. Okay. And after receiving the money, it's noted that she immediately turned off her grieving widow act. The money she, (laughs) (laughs) the money she received was tons more than she would have in a in a divorce. Hey man, a few million do make you feel better. Yeah, it makes you feel better. Like I'm good. Yeah, you know what? I'm not no more. What's the problem? I'm a millionaire. I don't have a problem. I'm a millionaire. I'm not even sad. So it says she moved back to Puerto Rico, but when she, the last interaction of the detectives had with her, it just didn't seem right with them. So they subpoenaed her record, her phone records and bank bank statements. They found out that she spent $160,000 on apartment renovations and $83,000 on travel and millions of dollars on miscellaneous items. So the miscellaneous items they were saying were like uh, jewelry, clothes, <laughs> um, a car, like just miscellaneous stuff. Okay. So spending all this money, she eventually ended up broke. Of course, because she didn't have no So she blew through $4.3 million. So she ended up in bankruptcy court. Yikes. During the hearing, she had threatened to take her own life saying, I am killing myself and you can be the executor of the state of Barbara Cogan. Nobody really knew where that came from or what she like, bro, you just bankrupt. But <laughs> she was sad about being bankrupt. So during this time, a mur- during, during the murder investigation, I'm sorry, during this time, the investigation remained stagnant. Because they they kept just running the dead ends, running the dead ends, running the dead ends. Right. Until years later, mm. a man was arrested for trying to pass a bad check. And his name was Carlos Piovanti. He was facing 15 years for check fraud. So he told the police if they, listen, if you cut me, cut me a deal, give me, give me some of my time back. And I could give you information on a rich man's murder in New York. 
And then he gave them the name Manny Martinez. Mm. Carlos actually rented space from Manny. And then like a, so I guess Manny was like a, a retail, uh, like a retail space landlord. Okay. And Carlos rented one of his suites inside okay. of there. So one day after work or whatever, they went out and had some drinks. So one night in 1990, he said they were out having drinks and Manny attempt, uh, admitted to Carlos that he set up a hit on George, telling him that Barbara actually ordered it. He just set it up. I am sure you are wondering what's the connection with Barbara and Manny. Were you wondering? Mm-hmm. He was her divorce attorney. What? <laughs> Manny Martinez was Barbara Cogan's divorce attorney. So on September 15, 1992, the police set up a phone call with Carlos and Manny to see if they could get him to admit to the killing. At first, they were kind of, they weren't really hopeful because they like, well, if he told you this in 1990 and we about to call him in 1992, what are the odds of him being like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Heck yeah, I set that up. And oh, girl, did da 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 You know what I'm saying? They thought he was going to be more like, why are you calling me now about something I said to you two years ago? Right. Like, hmm, I don't know about that. Right. But Manny didn't think that way. He actually admitted that he was involved in a hit, but he never mentioned Barbara on that call. Okay. So, at that, at that time, the police did subpoena Manny's phone calls and discovered that there were 14 calls between Manny and the hitman. So, let me tell you a fun fact about all the research I did on the hitman. Mm-hmm. He's only called the hitman. <laughs> he or she is only called the hitman. They have no idea who, who the person is. So, they don't know if it's the guy from the 30s to the 40s with the green base. I mean, yeah, with the green baseball cap. Mm-hmm. They don't know who that is. Or even if that's the person, but the hitman was never, ever, ever found in this story. Ever. The hitman so, might be the person that's reading this story. No. Nah, dun, dun, dun. I wasn't killing nobody in 1990. I was only eight years old. Right. And I lived in Detroit. How the fuck I get to Manhattan? Hey, it's just a little shit. You know Let me think? tell you something. DTM, DTM more uh, hitmanish than me. Just a little trip. Detroit Red, that's what they said. B- bro, no <laughs> way. So in 1995, the DA finally had enough evidence to indict Manny. But guess what? What? He died. When they went to arrest him, he was unavailable. Unavailable? You know why he was unavailable? He went on the run? Do you know why he was unavailable? Why? Because he was already in custody in Mexico on charges of defrauding a Mexican bank of millions of dollars. Right. Because of this charge, he was looking at 20 years. Jeez. Mexicans authorities said, we're not deporting him. We're keeping him. Hmm. We'll let you know when we're done with him. Oh, we, oh. So he's going to do his 20 piece. We'll let you know when we're done with him. And then he's going to have to come over here. Maybe. And do another 20 piece. But he with us for right now. Sorry. And, and what my man tell you, nobody want to go to jail in Mexico. 20 years. They're going to make a piñata out of them. <laughs> <laughs> the police interviewed Barbara and she advised that she didn't know who Manny Martinez was, which was weird because he said he was her divorce attorney. Sources don't say if the police ever said like, hey, bro, that was your divorce attorney. Or if they just said, all right, whatever, we got to wait 20 years anyway because we got to get information from this guy. And Mexico said, ah, you can't. They so, should at least let him come question him, though. No, no, in 20 years. Put it, put it on your uh, Rolodex. To-do list. Put it on your calendar. Jeez. 20 years from today. <laughs> so in 2007, nearly 17 years after the murder, 
Police received a phone call that Manny was being released from the prison in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't playing. They all the way 2007. So really, he only did 12 years because remember it was 95 when they got the warrant to arrest him. Right. And Mexican police said, Nah, bro. Not at the moment. This us. So they was able to go get him in 2007. Police flew to Mexico, brought him back to New York, and arrested and arraigned him on second degree murder charges. Do y'all know his? Freaking trial was only three days long. I bet. But I'm just saying, like, what murder trial you know only be three days? Hey, they already knew exactly what they was going to say. They just read it. Listen. They've been working on it for a year. 20 years. (laughs) Three days later, he was found guilty. I don't think I ever seen a murder trial last only three days. Like, the trial, the the verdict, everything, three days. But did he he admit to it? No, because he went to trial. They just found him guilty in trial. He ain't, Three days later, he was found guilty in trial. So yeah. he didn't he didn't plead or admit to anything. Mm. Once he got found guilty, he should have just admitted. All right, yep, y'all got me. I was just joking. I did it. <laughs> so actually, after hiding out in Puerto Rico for 17 years, Barbara was finally arrested in November of 2008. Now, mind you, they killed this man in 1990. All right. October 23rd, 1990, they killed this man. November 2008, Barbara was arrested for his murder. Several witnesses testified that Barbara organized and paid for the hit on her husband, George. Barbara never went to trial, though, because she said she didn't want to put her children through a trial. So she never went to trial. She actually ended up pleading guilty to manslaughter in the first degree, conspiracy in the second degree, and grand larceny in the first degree. She got 10 years. According to Detective, a few weeks before the murder, which was only days before the divorce, was to be finalized, Manny and Barbara realized that George wasn't worth nearly as much as she thought he was. Mm. So during the divorce, you know, like you gotta let every you know, let both sides know like your financials and things of that nature. Yeah. They realized that he wasn't worth no ten million dollars. They're like, wait a minute, is that a liquid or is that what is that? Yeah, he wasn't worth <laughs> it. He wasn't worth it. If she would have divorced him, she only would have gotten around only one million dollars. Which I mean one million dollars of money you ain't have to work for. Oh yeah, you know what I can do with a million. But if you used to blowing a hundred thousand a year, you probably like, no, nah, I need more than a meal. You know what I can do with a million. Well, she couldn't do nothing apparently, but kill her husband. So that's not <laughs> funny, but so <laughs> yeah. <harsh. laughs> so um, if she would divorce him, she would only got a million dollars. But if he died, she would get over over four million dollars. She said he was worth. Way more money dead than alive to her. So whereas to his girlfriend, he was worth more alive than dead. To his wife, he was more worth more dead than alive. Mm. But do you know it only took her seven years to be bankrupt? So remember we said she went to bankruptcy court and all that? That mm. was in 1997. So it only took her seven years to blow $4.3 million. I mean, she was just spending. spending because spending that's what she was already doing. That was one of the reasons why he didn't want to be with her. Yeah, he like, yo, you, yeah. Because as fast as he can make money, she was spending it. He's like, yo, you are a liability. That's what you are. Yeah, well. So Manny was sentenced to 25 years for second degree murder. The hitman, the hitman, has never been tried because nobody knows who he is. Well, somebody knows who he is, but no one is telling who he is. Right. But, I mean, if I hire somebody to kill somebody... I probably ain't gonna tell him to meet because I know you ain't gonna kill me. You're next. And that ain't even worth it. I'm just gonna go do my little 25 years. I just did 20. What's 25 more? 
<laughs> well, he just did 12. Shit, what's 25 more? Barbara was sentenced to 36 years for her part in her husband's murder. However, she only spent 12 years in jail. She was paroled in July of 2020. So they say while she was in jail, she did like all the classes, like the anger management classes, um, how to divert your energy classes. Like she did all these different classes and um, was teaching all these different seminars and things in there. So she proved herself to be quote unquote reformed and they feel like since she wasn't actually like the, the trigger puller or the actual uh, composer, because remember Manny, Manny actually did the setting up of the hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? She was just the financial person of it. I don't know. I don't know why she only had to do 12 years, but they said she took all these classes and did all these great things. And she only had to do 12 years. So she's been out of prison for two years. Mary Louise actually changed her name and moved to Europe three years after George's murder to start a new life. So I couldn't really find what she changed her name to. Louise, Mary. But I guess it makes sense because why would I let y'all know what I changed my name to if I want a new life? Right. I don't want the story to follow me. Right. So, yeah, that's the story of George and Barbara Copin. And he was murdered. She was miserable. And they were in Manhattan. That's where I got the title. Fire, fire, man! That was a good one. Each week you coming, you coming hard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and guess what? I like it. So <laughs> I, I almost wanted to implement a new segment, right? But I don't know if I'm gonna do it yet. But I am going to show KD this video which I will post on the page to get your feedback. But before I show you the video, I got to ask you this. Hmm? What's your thoughts on women proposing? Mm-mm. Get somebody no. else to do it. Get somebody. <laughs> say, no, I don't do it. Get somebody else to do it. somebody else. All right, so video of the week. That's what I'm going to call this one right here. So I'm going to show Katie a video. I'm going to post it on the page as well because I want to get y'all thoughts also. But then I want to get Katie's reaction as I kind of explain. Or maybe we should have Katie explain what she's looking at. Mm-mm-mm. But I'll explain it so she can actually look at, you know, focus on the video. But here we go. So this is a young lady proposing to a man at a, at a dinner. In front like, of people. Like it's full of the family. It looked like a family dinner. Now he's looking at another young lady in blue standing right next to him. During the proposal, instead of saying no, he grabs the young lady in the blue hand. And walk and away? away. And she's stuck on her knee with the ring in her hand. Her daddy is highly upset, grabbing the man. You gonna do my daughter like that? I'll kill you. I will you. kill you. I'll kill you to do my daughter like that. So, um, Katie. Who was the girl? We don't know who the people was. We don't know who none of the people involved were. Oh, but no, I thought the girl must have been some kid folks. Yeah, because they like look a, alike. Like a sister or something, right? So we're gonna we're gonna for the sake of the podcast we're gonna say that was her sister, <laughs> but then I didn't want to say it was her sister because he said you're gonna do my daughter like that. Oh, so that maybe that's her. Uh, maybe a cousin. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or best friend. Sometimes best friends start looking alike when they hang out all the time. Mm-mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I but, know you fucking lying. So what's your thoughts? How would you react in that moment? Would you like she was froze? 
I think you, cause you shocked. Uh, she was like, "Hold up, are you okay? You, not only are you telling me no, but you actually telling me the reason why you telling me no." He didn't even say nothing. He, he just didn't. grabbed old girl hand and walked away. Oh, uh, that's that's a. Uh, oh, this my girl. No, no, that's my girl. You think you, so? You gonna propose to me in front of my girl? Will you marry me? Mm-mm, get somebody else to do it. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> my nigga said no. Uh-uh. Mm, she don't like. She's uh. Uh-uh. She she ain't know you finna do that tonight. Mm-mm. She heard you talking about you was gonna do it. Cause what if she was like, yo, I think I'm gonna do it, y'all. Mm-mm. And she ain't even want her. Like the cousin or who, whomever the blue was didn't even want. But, but yeah, that's that's wild, mm-hmm. yo. That is so wild. So, uh, how would you react if you was like just in the audience? Like a part of the situation. Shit, I would have been. You see how Granny Face was? Granny Face was like, ooh. That would have been me. <laughs> Lost in the sauce. Like, oh, I told her not to. I told her not to do it. You know, you, you know you had a couple of them in there. There was a, yeah, a few of them that was like, I told her not to propose to no man. Yeah. I, mm. So, listen, y'all let us know what y'all think, man. Well, for me, I don't believe in women proposing to men. I don't give a fuck. You call me old-fashioned. You call me whatever you want to call me. I mm-mm. get somebody else to do it. All right, so <laughs> only time a, a woman should propose to a man is if the woman is the man. Hey, there you have it. I'm just saying, get somebody else to do it. So even in same sex relationship, the more masculine person usually propose. Yeah, that's true. I'm good. Get somebody else to do it. That's true. So I ain't never asked no nigga on no date. I ain't never asked no nigga to marry me. I ain't never asked a nigga to be my boyfriend. Really? I just ain't do it. You ain't never asked for the boyfriend? No. Do people? I, right. I feel like people don't even ask for that no more. You just automatically just assume after so many times. Like, <laughs> That's the like, like, yo, we we've been together for, for four weeks now, so we, we go together now. <laughs> we go together. All right. Um, we go together. All right. So, with that being said, it's time for to give you guys a dose of reality, man. Um, question of the day. But before we do that. You got to give a shout out to our sponsors, man. The first sponsor of the day is uh, the number four ever and beyond.com. That's the number four ever and beyond.com. And make sure you go on there, uh, get your merch. You know, if you know somebody getting married, get it in. If you need um, help in your marriage or help in any type of relationship you got going on, go on there, set it up. We can do it virtually. You can come into the office, however you want to set it up. Uh, it's definitely worth it. It'll definitely get you to your next level. Um, in life, period, right? Uh, sponsor number two, theperfectperfume.com. What we have coming up is Christmas. For Christmas, you get gifts. What better place to go get a gift than to go to theperfectperfume.com and um, get yourself the orgasm for your lady, or you can get the, the cologne for your dude, or you or can candles. get the... The candles, the Netflix and chill boy, the, the man, the fuse, whatever you got is all everything. right there. It's all everything. right there. So I didn't get you two websites, right? Go to go to both of those. Check them out. When you go to theperfectperfume.com, make sure you use the re, the promo code Reality Twenty. And what that do? And that's gonna give you twenty percent off of your entire order. Period. Once you finish putting everything in the basket, and you put that promo code in, and it's gonna be like bing bing bing, twenty percent off, and that, that and it, it, it helps you out. And it lets him know where you came from so he can come and holler at us and help us out and tell us thank you because we support him just like he always supported us. You know what I'm saying? Period. Um, next sponsor. Yes, Fresh Start Clean. 
You can find her on Instagram and TikTok at FreshStartClean365 underscore Detroit. She does residential cleaning service, Airbnb cleaning service, deep and extreme cleaning, move in, move out specials, post construction clean, and she does weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly cleans. Of course, the more you book, the more you save. If you tell her you listen to the podcast, you will save 20% off your first clean. That's right, 20% mm. off your first clean. Just I'll let her 20. know that you heard it on Relationship Reality, and she'll make sure you get that 20% off. 20%? That's, man, that's, that's the word. That's the word of the day, 20%. Shout out to Erica, one of our listeners, Erica. She uh went on over there. She about to yeah, get her yeah. clean. There yeah. we go. Um, she, she, booked, she booked with Fresh Start Clean. She's going to let us know how it was. I'm sure she won't be disappointed. There it is. So we appreciate y'all for... Always, you know, supporting who we support and how we support what we support. Definitely. Y'all uh, know y'all don't want to clean them basements out. Definitely don't want to do that. It's man. time to clean the basement out. Y'all don't want to do it. Why should you do it? Hey, you, know, you got somebody that can do Fresh it for you. Fresh start clean to do it real quick. Top notch at that. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is watch TV. And last but not least, man, I had to add a sponsor in here because, you know, we always give you products that we really believe in. And December 30th, man. December 30th is a big day because it's the premiere for probably yes. one of the hottest movies that will ever touch the, the theater screen. Um, and it's called Regret. Yes. So I want y'all to make sure y'all check this out, man. Tune in. Regret the movie. It, it's just fire. Man, I, if you want to see any of the uh, trailers, feel free to, you know, hop on one of my pages because they don't know all of them. Hop Hit on one of KD boy because she got them on her. No, you can only hop on RRP. KD. Yeah, hey, I said KD. Oh. They don't even know you got more than one until oh, you do. just told them. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to do I just got one, man. Y'all holler at me. I'm here. You know what I mean? Um, We're not the same. But um, <laughs> <laughs> hit, me up, hit me up in the inbox and I'll make sure you get your tickets. Let you know how much they are. All that good stuff. Yeah, man. I'm talking about it's, it's a, a red, red carpet. carpet event, so be, make sure you come as fly as you can be. You know what I'm saying? Um, December 30th like I said December 30th it's at Phoenix right Bel Air Bel Air it's not it's it's why you shouldn't scare your wife see that's what happened uh, that's what happened when she tried to correct me with with, with the smile on (laughs) cause it's called Bel Air now it's been Bel Air but it was Phoenix in the Bel Air no the name of the movie theater is called Bel Air now Mm, okay so uh, and that's for all of my uh, Michiganders. No matter where you're at in Michigan, you can be up north, down south, wherever. But you can be in Ohio or Chicago. Just make sure you're on your way Just be here. here on December 30th and go and, and go check this movie out, man. You need tickets. We got tickets. It's, it's a world premiere. World premiere. Mirror, mirror, mirror. You know what I'm saying? So don't come home at us. So, um, dose of reality, man. The question of the day is this uh, We have a couple. Who has an issue? And I think Katie would be the best person to answer this because I can just see, I can see it coming out of her head right now before she even hear what's going on. But so this couple, um, the, the man was in a relationship for 16 years, right? The 16 year relationship broke up. Mm. 16 year relationship broke up, but they they have a child involved, but it's not the man's child. Mm-hmm. But he was like the breadwinner of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So when they broke up, um, it just didn't work out. It wasn't like, you know, one person cheated or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, they kind of grew separately. And um, 
So when they broke up, he was still paying the bills. Mm-hmm. Still taking care of the household. Okay. Um, a few years go by, and he years. was literally, yeah, a few years oh. go by. He was still taking care, you know, doing oh. his portion, sending the money. He was still hitting it? He wasn't hitting it. Oh, okay. But he, he started talking to years. another another young lady. Mm. And, <laughs> and as he was talking to this other young lady, um, he kept it 100. He told her. Like, it wasn't a secret. She ain't, like, find out later in life. He's like, yo, listen. You know, I still help out. Help. I used the word help. I still help out my ex. And um, he said, our child. But he explained, like, it's not my biological child. But I was in the... the I mean, I feel know, like that part don't be necessary. Yeah, it don't be. if it, either, either it is or it ain't, right? But um, in the beginning, she was cool with it. But now she's at a point where she want to know what's the end date of this helping, or 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 in your head it's just like forever. His head, he like well you was cool with it when we first started talking. Now we've been together almost a year. And now you got a problem with it, and she like well yeah because when does this end? So help her out, help him out, help them out. What can they do uh, to make sure that their relationship stays strong and doesn't fall? based on decisions that he has made and stuck with because he probably felt like he had to. Well, asking when the end date is is not wrong. Cause I, I think that's a good idea. Because I was thinking that too. Because <laughs> when you said a couple years, I'm like, damn, she a mermaid? <laughs> not even like, can you just do it till I get on my feet? Getting on my feet. Um, it's like, trying, I don't... Trying if, to get on my feet. He not obligated, I don't feel like, to take care of her for the remainder of her life. Right. You know, helping her out, especially if he was the primary breadwinner in the relationship, um, helping her out until she able to take care of herself is commendable because, shit, we talked about this on the podcast probably like a year ago. I know somebody who was with her dude for damn near 30 years, and that nigga left her without even a pot to piss in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's commendable of him to be like, okay, you know, we just going our separate ways. I still got you. But you can't have her forever. Like, she got to be able to. And, you know, how does your child by now? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. At this point, child grown. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so you can't you're not even helping your kid. Yeah. You're just helping your baby mama. Because at this point, if the child needed something, the child grown to the point where they can just come and say, Hey, Dad, Pops. Big dog, <laughs> my man's a ninja. My ninja. Whatever he's, however you're addressing, I yeah. need so and so. Can you help me out? And like I feel that. like I feel like if something was happening, we was to go our separate ways. Although you wouldn't have to take care of the household, I would. I would appreciate you to, because you right now are the primary breadwinner. Right. So if you was to just up and leave, I'd be like, damn, how the fuck I'm supposed to? You know what I'm saying? So. But I wouldn't expect you to do it forever. Hell, right. even even when you get a divorce, alimony got an expiration date. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? You get alimony for five years, for seven years, or whatever. You don't get it forever. So you know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like that they should discuss a end time, um, and whatever that look like. Like she got to get a job. She got to pay her own bills. You know what I'm saying? You grown up. Because my thing is, what if she got a new nigga and you still taking care of her? Mm, that's a big one. Because I, I do like the fact that I love the dose of reality that we get 
where there's no infidelity, there's no yeah. F, F I mean, he's a good nigga though. Like a hundred percent, he's a good nigga because he been taking care of her. Yeah, there's no f boy stuff. There's no, you know what I mean. It's just a confusion and maybe a lack of communication. Yeah. On and by now, I'm sure it's a lack of appreciation because yeah. she probably be emailing him the bills like DT do, nigga. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's automatic, like yo. Yeah, like this, this you, my nigga. This you. And a hundred percent, once the end date does come, she's going to blame the new girl. But my thing is, even even with or without the new girl, need to have an end date. And you can blame the new girl all you want to. Our kid is grown. I don't even have to talk to you anymore if I don't want to. It's a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like once your children are grown, it's good to be amicable. Because maybe we'll have grandkids and maybe we need to be at birthday parties and weddings and things of that nature together. But I don't have to have a conversation with you once my children are shit, probably really about 15. Once they get their own cell phone to keep up with it, what are you talking about? All right. (laughs) But damn sure, 18 is real enough. You could take this nigga wherever you want to take him. (laughs) You take this nigga to the moon if that's where you want to go. He grown. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like she should be appreciative that he's done it for this long. Yeah, yeah. And understand that shit. Every motherfucking golden goose in, in the, eventually hatches. Yeah. So. Uh, there you have it, man. So, But yeah, that was a good one. Because I think everybody in this situation, it's really no bad people. They just haven't made a, a, a decision yeah. that needed to be, that needed and to it, be made. And it could be because... I mean, we all know his financial situation. It might not even be affecting him to pay her bills. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that shit probably on auto pay. I was about to say, so, you know, we know people who just pay stuff and don't realize that they've been paying it forever. And, that you know, they got these little apps now to help you out with that. Like, yo, we can tell you what you ain't been watching and what you ain't. You subscribe to 50 things and you only Mm -hmm. watch three. So, let's, let's, you know, like... uh, not unfortunately. Fortunately, we be on top of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we be like, yo, uh, we use Apple Pay or Apple. Shit, uh, Apple be taking 99 cent every day. I don't know what the fuck I be ordering them 99 cent for. Oh, yeah. Probably on, jewels and shit I be playing them stupid ass games. They be on your head for them 99 cents. So, all right. That's what it is, man. Uh, great episode. Great episode. We got to end it with none other than the reality check with your boy. Coach DTM. I see. Um, yeah. <laughs> Reality check with your boy Coach DTM, man. And it goes as following. We talked about a lot today. We talked about sweeping stuff under the rug. So I'm, I'm going to harp on that just a little bit more. Unaddressed pain becomes a personality. Mm. It becomes a part of you. It, becomes, it becomes what you say. That's just how I am. Amen. So what I need you to do is address the pain so that it's not who you are. It's what you've been through. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? That's so, the one. Sheesh. With that being said, man, it's your boy, Coach DTM. Your girl, KD. And this is Relationship Realities. Peace. So long, bye-bye. Good job. Thank you, daddy. So long, bye-bye. Goodbye to my pain. Bye-bye. So long, bye-bye. So long, bye-bye. So long, bye-bye. Good job.
face. Goodbye to my 